0: welcome to the sovereign mother podcast i am your host amy Arner, a line wife mother of two and registered nurse who left the bedside to pursue her higher calling as a transformational life coach and enlightenment mentor for other mothers and entrepreneurs who crave to unleash the sovereign goddess within them this podcast is all about having real and authentic conversations around empowered motherhood, alignment, entrepreneurship, manifestation, and living a life in flow with your soul's true desires. I am so thankful that you are here and it is my intention that you receive the empowerment and the inspiration that you need to pursue your higher calling. Are you ready? Let's dive in. And welcome back to another episode of the Sovereign Mother podcast. I am so excited to introduce today's guest, Liz Roberta. Liz is not only an incredible mentor, an incredible author, but she is also someone that I am so thankful and blessed to call a friend and an incredible mentor and coach for me. Liz and I worked together at the end of uh, 2022 into 2023 and I can honestly say that she has been a huge inspiration and guidance for me in my own spiritual and entrepreneurial journey. So I am so thrilled to have her here today to talk to us. And I am just so excited for you to get to experience some of the magic and wisdom that Liz has to offer. She is, like I said, not only an incredible mentor for coaches and healers, Um, She actually has a background in lecturing and marketing and branding at a master's level and she works with entrepreneurs in the wellness world so that they can ignite their soul's purpose and passion by building their dream spiritual business. She is the author of Living in Tune with Hay House and she has been named the emerging voice of 2020 by Kindred Spirit Magazine. She's one of the most five Most Influential Female Coaches of 2021 by Entrepreneur Mogul, and she's one of the 50 under 50 for 2022 by the NYC Journal. So to say that she has experience, to say that she has knowledge to share is an understatement. So without further ado, let's get into today's interview with Liz. Hi, Liz. Hi, Amy. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course, I am so excited to chat with you today. And I cannot wait to introduce you to all of our my listeners, because I know you're amazing. Um, I you and I have worked together. You've been an incredible mentor for me, Um, but you are a author. You're a Hay House author. You have wrote this incredible book, Living in Tune. You are a spiritual life and business coach. But what I really want you to share with our listeners is this was not your path for a very long time in a huge part of your life. You lived a very completely different um, life. And I feel like our listeners are really going to resonate with what it was that even brought you to writing a book about following and trusting your intuition because the person that is here today is just living in her truth and like changing the world with your, what's lighting you up. So how can you take us back? Like, where do we even begin? Um, Where, where do you feel like this journey really started for you that you really started to, um, yeah, you 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 tell it in your own words.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna take you all the way back okay. to the very beginning, like <laughs> really really young. I was always spiritual. So when I was tiny, I was in primary school, which I think you guys maybe I'm not sure kindergarten. I'm not sure mm. when you're like when you're like eight. I would burn incense in my room. I got five pounds a week pocket money, and I would spend it going to town and buying essential oils, buying candles, burning incense. <laughs> and i hadn't got this from anywhere this is pre internet you know you didn't have internet in your homes no social media there was just four channels on the tv but i was doing spells i thought there were fairies in the garden i had some supernatural experiences there was one time i woke up in the middle of the night and i was out of my body above my body and then i realized and i like fell back into my physical body which now i realize is astral projection Um, So there was like stuff like that. I was always just very connected. Then I grew up and I kind of grew out of it. Although when I was 14, a friend actually introduced me to tarot cards. And she since then just kind of moved on and she works in London now for the government. But ever since I was 14, they stuck with me. So I've been reading tarot for over half of my life. I have such a strong relationship with tarot. So, they were always with me. But in my life, at the same time, I actually followed a career into finance, mm. <laughs> which no one could ever believe. No. Like, whenever they meet me now, they're like, what? But no, I was yeah. always super driven. Uh, school was kind of easy for me. Like, I love studying, generator, natural hard worker. I just love it. Like, I'm not happy if I'm not working. So, I did well at school. I did an economics degree. I got on a place on the JP Morgan grad scheme. And then I thought I'd honestly achieved everything. I bought a Louis Vuitton luggage bag. I bought a pair mm-hmm. of Louboutins at Harrods in London with my mum, And I was like, oh my God, I've made it because I didn't grow up with money. Like my stepdad was a lorry driver. And an alcoholic. My mum worked nights at the Royal Mail, which is our post office um, in the warehouse, like sorting post by hand. So I didn't have money. So I was just so excited to have this well-paying job. And I honestly thought I'd made it. And it's obviously hard to get on that grad scheme. So I thought, right, I'm made. I've achieved everything I've ever wanted. Six months in, I was like, hmm, this doesn't feel good. Why? Why am I feeling anxious? Why do I feel (laughs) depressed? Why am I not enjoying this? And I was there in a gray suit with a bunch of other people in gray suits. And I started to realize, oh, no, this thing I have been working for years to get into actually isn't what I enjoy and I was always so driven and so headstrong that I was like I can do anything if I put my mind to it which I always thought was a positive thing but actually what I was doing was being way too in my masculine mm-hmm. and I thought I can push through anything especially if it's going to mean that I can get paid and I can travel because like we never went abroad when I was a kid so I was so excited to be able to travel and just do all these things so I thought right I can push through anything I need to push through But it never really occurred to me that this is my life. Because when you're younger, you can't really comprehend time and how many decades you're going to be in a career. And the fact that it was feeling this bad six months in was not good. So then I was like, okay, need to cut with a change of plan. I ended up staying there for the whole grad scheme, which was two years. Went and did a master's, which I loved. That was such a good year. And then I transferred into fashion and became a fashion merchandiser. So this time it was a little bit different because I was engaged, I'd bought a house with my now husband. So it was a little bit more tricky to change careers um, because I was in my mid-20s. But again, very similar story. It was like the devil wears Prada. I was taking home handbags and shoes. I've still got an entire suitcase full of swimwear that was free because I worked on the swim and beachwear team, got paid to go shopping in London. Like, oh, this is the dream. This is amazing. Six months in, oh no, what's this funny feeling? (laughs) What's this sinking feeling in my stomach again? And I was like, oh no. And what it was, was even though it was more fun, it was still missing purpose. I just wasn't helping the world in any way. And when I was really young, I'd always wanted to be a vet. And it was actually when I was only 16, the only Bs I got in GCSEs, which are the tests we do when we're 16, the only Bs I got were chemistry and physics. Mm-hmm. Everything else was an A or an A star. So I was like, oh, OK, I guess I'm not going to be a vet. But I'd always really wanted to help that kind mm-hmm. of threw me off. And I was never meant to be a vet. I'm not a scientist, but I'd always had that passion to make a difference. And I just wasn't doing that in these corporate jobs. But as fate would have it, I actually sat next to my boss, who was a triathlete. So he was into personal development. And he recommended a book to me, which changed my life called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is basically about how if you ever want to be rich, you need to make your own money. And you're never going to be rich working in a job and having a pension and living that kind of normal life. So that really changed my thinking. This was back in 2016, 2017. I started an Amazon business on the side when I was working my job selling yoga gear. And I got some uh, amethyst crystals engraved and I just set up this little business on the side. And yeah, it's kind of a long, long journey from starting entrepreneurship to where I am today. But it just all came out of needing more purpose. And actually I realized I have always had this passion for spirituality and it was always my interest on the side. But I'd never seen any examples of anyone who'd made a career out of it. Like, it just wasn't a thing. How could I possibly make money from it? I just didn't know. But I'd always been spiritual. I'd always loved it. Naturally been a witch. My mum's a witch. My sister's very intuitive as well. So it was just always part of me. But I've never seen any examples of how you can make a full-time career out of it until now. And I've finally been able to do it.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm just... It blows me away every time, like, just to hear all the, all the pivots and the turns and like the things that you encountered needed to go through in order to be here. However, I really want to go back and touch about what you said about you have, were so in your masculine because I resonate with that so deeply. Like I'm listening to your story and I'm just like nodding my head and uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I can totally relate to that because I feel like, I don't know, somewhere along the way, you know, I think it's a mixed bag of things between school and family and culture and society and all of the things that we just feel like the thing that we enjoy have fun doing that really like is just feels easy and effortless isn't the thing that we're meant to do it's supposed to be the thing that we have to work really really hard that we have to really bust our butt it's something that we don't is I I personally feel like I never was given that permission that what it is that really feels easy and effortless and brings you a lot of joy is the thing that you're meant to do it's the thing that makes you the most money the thing that makes the most sense the thing that checks all the boxes, you know, that you needed to have that safety and security. But what, you know, I feel from your story is that you had to realize that the safety and security didn't lie in any of those things. You know, it didn't lie in the title or the job or any of it. It It came from something within you. It came from within you. You created the safety and security by the beliefs that you chose to invest yourself in and I really want to kind of touch on that because in your because obviously working together you, you and I that was something that became so apparent to me was that I had spent a majority of my life in this masculine energy of I need to achieve and go and and do it all myself. But there's we're really robbing ourselves when we when we see it only from that lens and that we don't bring in that feminine of asking ourselves those those deeper questions of what is it that actually what is it that my my intuition my soul my body is truly telling me here you know because i completely relate i worked my butt off to you know, get through college to get through nursing school. And it was literally in the first six weeks, you know, of my orientation that I remember sitting around the table with all the other new grads, them talking about like their goals and their their vision for their nursing career. And I had this just sinking, oh my God, feeling like what? Like <laughs> this isn't it. Like I just knew then that this wasn't like where I was meant to be, but of course the fear and, oh my God, the shame too of like, and the confusion of, I worked so hard to get here. And what does it mean about me if this isn't what I want to do? So can you kind of speak on that? Because what was it? Cause I know you wrote a whole chapter um, in Living in Tune about all around purge. And I know that we talked about this in our, um, our discussion we had the other day, but, and I brought this up to you because I feel like the purge, and it's not just of physical possessions or necessarily, but it's really about your beliefs. What beliefs do you have to um, give up in order to step into the power or the potential of a new belief and the, the, The life that you really want. So, what were some of the things that really do you feel like were blocking you or got in your way in order for you to kind of step into this, to this life?
1: Yeah, I think I was really fortunate in that it felt so terrible. I had no choice. Whereas a lot of the people I speak to, they're comfortably uncomfortable, so they're not happy, but they haven't hit rock bottom yet. And in both careers. I, I just felt dreadful. Like, it felt like torture. Clearly it wasn't, but every day I was like watching the minutes, the seconds, the hours, the days, the weeks, crossing them off. And I think what I was suffering with was having to pretend to be someone I was not. My inner world was so different from what I was having to show as my outer world, like to the outer world, of who I was pretending to be, whether it was in fashion or it was in banking, I had to put on this face, be this person, dress a certain way you know you know I live in my dressing gown like <laughs> pajamas yeah. I love being at home so actually what I was experiencing was massive cognitive dissonance there was a huge mismatch between my internal world and what I was presenting to the outside world and that's why I was so desperate and un- desperately unhappy because I was living a lie every day and I already knew 100% that I was going to leave and I was just trying to figure out how and obviously had to you know save the money and make the moves I couldn't just leave you know unfortunately um so there was that time delay so it was so incredibly painful so i think i was lucky because it's not like i i didn't have anything to fight against apart from the practical reality of how i was going to make it happen because i felt so bad that it wasn't any internal stuff i had to get over it was like i i honestly feel horrific so I have to leave, but it was more the practical pieces of how, how am I going to make this move? I always have to pay for things. So how am I going to make that happen? But if I think about my clients, um, who maybe aren't, aren't as fortunate, I didn't feel fortunate at the time, but looking back, I was very fortunate because I honestly felt like I had no choice. And I, now I know that so that I can do this work so I can write the book so I could do all the things. And I think my spirit And the spirit realm were just like, come on, come on, go, 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 like pushing me out. But I had to go through those experiences first, like you said. But I think some of the things that people struggle with is the loss of status. The loss of Mm -hmm. identity is a big one. And I did suffer with all of these, but they were minute compared to the dissonance I was feeling. Mm -hmm. So. It just felt so much worse. But the loss of identity when people have been in something for a long time. I never had this because I did two years and then I think it was one and a half years. So it wasn't that long. But when people have been in a career for 10 years or so, they think that they then have to stay in it forever. That's all they know. That's all they've trained in. That's what they're known as. So then they feel like they can't make a move because of that. People worry about the loss of stability, of course. Mm -hmm. And as you know, like entrepreneurship, you don't get the same income every month, you can launch the same program at one time, it will do amazing, the next launch, you get zero, like you just don't know. So some people really struggle with that. And that's why some people choose to go back to full time work. So dealing with that uncertainty. I also know people that have really struggled being at home on their own. I absolutely love it, but some people hate that. And that's another reason people go back to jobs because they don't actually like being on their own. And this is another reason why I knew I had to be an entrepreneur, because I am just not made for teamwork let alone being in a company like I'm such a lone wolf I like making the rules I don't want to be told what to do but obviously when I was in the jobs I'd you know do it and I was very very good and very conscientious but I actually don't like anyone being in charge of me I like doing what I want to do when I want to do it at home in my dressing room <laughs> that is my ideal way of working um, but yeah there's definitely a lot of challenges I want to ask you actually what challenges did you come up with what limiting beliefs did you come up with when you changed career
0: well I resonate with everything that you said because I definitely feel like the change of identity is a big one um you know for me I worked in nursing for well over I don't know I mean I've been a nurse for over 10 years and it wasn't until you know I started this business um as my own, you know, life coaching business that I I really feel completely like I've, I'm done with that chapter. Um, so it was really hard for me to untether that because, of course, I come from a family that my mom works in um, healthcare, um, has worked for 25 years in her job. My father has worked for 20 plus 30 years in his job. So there was a lot of this idea of pivoting meant um, it was it was risky, it was failure, it was um, you know the last possible thing that you would want to do. However, I really feel like that it was what you say like for me um, it was the physical feelings of just the, of being out of alignment. The anxiety that I I suffered with day in and day out, the dread that I experienced going into my shifts, like I like literally, um, I was going to ask you what were some of the things like because I feel like so many of my clients and what I work with, you know, um, to mask that the things that we do, you know, the things that we we find ourselves in so much um, more pain or different pain to sort of mask the pain that we're, we were experiencing the suffering that we experience of just living something that isn't who we truly are. So I got myself into loads of debt. I bought all these clothes and, um, I, I, I drank probably too much. Um, and I really ended up kind of leaning more towards the end of really unhealthy with my my relationship with exercise and everything just to like get myself through the days. But what I really found um, and I find with a lot of my clients and I found was like one of the biggest ones for me was like that feeling like I was worthy Um, to, that I was worthy, worth making that pivot, that I was worth putting that time and that energy into pursuing what brings me joy versus trying to please and um, make everyone that around me happy and proud or I guess the illusion that I was making making you know everyone happy and proud because of course what I know now is that we're all, responsible for our own happiness. But, you know, one of that was really a big one that I feel even till the last few months that I had to really untangle was that those worthiness wounds was of just that I was so responsible for people. And um, so, yeah, I find that as, and especially immensely, you know, that that came through the most for me in motherhood, which is, you know, sort of what led me down to my own personal rock bottom was because, you know, being a mother and being having that mirror of my children, I was really able to see where a lot of that responsibility sort of was linked with and, and came from. So yeah, I, I really just love how you so eloquently and just so naturally are able to describe just how, like that it's really just a shift in perception that we, what we put our energy into is really what creates our external reality. So can you talk a little bit about that of just like, I think what, you know, like I touched on, I struggled so much with my money and um, just, I really, a lot of my um, frustration, even just with starting my own business came from, why is it that I don't have the clients or the income or even like the love life or the relationship that I wanted. And it was really kind of getting to the, until I got to the core and the root of those beliefs, you know, and you, and discovering those worthiness wounds within me that I was realizing that's where the disconnect was. So what a lot of people I think don't really understand that piece of the connection between the internal world with our outer world. Do you think you can kind of talk about that and bring that? make that more tangible for our listeners?
1: Yeah, so I think there's two sides to this. The first side is the metaphysical side, which I think some people struggle with, which is the energetic piece, the manifesting piece, the non-physical piece, the Everything will reflect back to you, specifically your beliefs. So it's not that you always have to be happy all the time or feel good all the time. It's actually your beliefs will reflect back to you. And the more firmly you hold those beliefs, the more reliably that will show back to you as well. In the other half of it is the physical sense. So obviously, what you think about yourself is going to determine your actions. And you gave some examples there about the drinking and when you can have these addictive behaviors like. I was the same. I used to go out clubbing and binge drinking, which is very normal here in England. It's very much (laughs) culture. But that was what my whole life revolved around for about a decade. Like through my teenage years and early 20s, it was all about the weekends and then what outfit was I going to wear. So it was just buying new clothes all the time and the drinking, the pictures from the night out. Like that was my whole entire existence. And looking back, a lot of that was coming from my low self-worth. Now I treasure myself and I value myself. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to obliterate my body with alcohol, which is a poison. You know, I still Mm -hmm. drink a little bit if there's a party. But my goodness, not to the extent that I used to. And I'd pass out behind a bin and it was just, you know, like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the physical piece. When you have something like a worthiness wound, low self-worth, that will mean in a phys- as well as the energetic piece in the physical sense, it will drive your decisions, the people that you are friends with, the love relationships that you have, how you spend your money. When people have a massive worthiness wound, they can end up overspending. Because they're always trying to buy things to feel better. They're spending money on the beauty treatments, the clothes, maybe even the food to make themselves feel better. But then they feel guilty for eating the food. And so you can be trying to fill that worthiness wound with so many other things. So that's the physical half. It will determine your actions, but also metaphysically, you'll find that you attract more situations um that are just showing you those beliefs that you have about yourself that you're not worthy for example so you may end up finding yourself in situations where people are showing you that you're not worthy and in Mm -hmm. your business it reflects back to you that you're not worthy it's all coming from the beliefs our beliefs are what are being reflected back to us all the time and this is why we have the law of assumption which people are calling lucky girl syndrome on tiktok and instagram and it's You can see it. You can see it. The people who are really positive, um, but genuinely have high self-esteem. They're pretty loose. They're unattached, uh, pretty secure, you know, and they just kind of flow through life. My husband is one of those people and he's been the best example because we've been together for 12 years. Mm -hmm. And so I've seen it and we learned about manifesting at the same time back in 2016. But he, lucky is just the best word to describe him. And it's because he's got high self-esteem, he's secure, Um, generally positive, he gets on well with people, he he doesn't have this gaping, massive worthiness wound. And so everything works out well for him because he's kind of skipping Mm -hmm. life, but it's because he believes in his value. He believes that he's worthy. He has high standards for himself, high boundaries. And he's one of the fortunate ones. He hasn't had to do all this work like we have to put those things in place, but he naturally has that. And Mm -hmm. when people are in that place, whether you get there naturally or like us through doing the work, through coaching then you end up finding your reality improves because you believe you're worth it you believe you're valuable you honor your own time this is something I noticed people with bad boundaries don't respect and honor other people's boundaries Mm -hmm. and it can be so frustrating but it's you can kind of see it I have it with um, people in my family for example and it's just because they don't respect their time or their energy so they don't understand it when you don't respect yours Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's, that's definitely a big piece of it. Having those boundaries in place, that is a big sign of whether someone has a worthiness wound or or not.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes. And what I have found, you know, again, you talk about this in your book, but that pain, you know, where it is that we are finding, feeling the most frustrated or feeling the most, um, struggle or yeah, resentment is actually oftentimes what's leading us to what it is that we're we're meant like that is the universe actually showing you this is where you your gifts lie this is where your power lies this is where you're meant to sort of go and that was something that i did not understand for years um you know i i i I just could not understand why the cycles kept repeating until I realized, or I had this, you know, rock bottom moment, especially in motherhood. And I realized that my purpose was in my pain. You know, the things that kept repeating in my life, I was meant to, you know, they were coming up for me to actually lean into, dive into it. Where is this coming from, Amy? Like, this is what I was meant to overcome. So it's really shifted, you know yes, I've had worthiness wounds and yes, I've had you know a lot to overcome, but it's in overcoming it, I guess, that the more and more I've really shifted. And I know you talk about sovereignty and this has really become a huge passion of mine because I really feel that everything really is happening for us, whether we, but it's all around whether or not we see it that way, or we choose to believe that. And in choosing to believe that I feel like has really helped me shift more into this healthier, masculine, feminine flow, because I really allow myself to recognize that, you know, it's not just me, you know, that this isn't just, it's not just me having to go out and force my way through life yes there's action that's necessary obviously your story speaks so much about that you know that you needing to have you have your own back you need to um you know make moves or set things in place and you know we need that right but that feminine piece of actually believing in yourself and actually honoring yourself feeling worthy treating yourself um as such is is such a huge piece and i feel like you know that's where women especially struggle is because we're <laughs> i feel like the masculine is the easy part you know um because I, I i know like i you know one of my taglines is i'm i'm just like you by the way I, like don't tell me what to do that's like one of my husband Picks on me about this because he's like, Where do our kids get our stubbornness? Well, I don't know. It's not me. Um, but, <laughs> but it, you know, definitely part is me. Um, but I also feel I've always prided myself, like, I can do anything, especially with as a mother. Like, I birthed children. <laughs> like, I feel like I can do anything. I can do the hard work. But the, but it's almost like the surrendering. It's the, it's the um, willingness to show ourselves the same compassion and empathy that we show other people and, and really willing to kind of take that time for ourselves. So do you feel like, do you feel like that is um, something that only certain people have, or do you feel like that's something that's within us all Um that we all have that ability and all have that power to, you know, live a life more that is more true and aligned and actually like lights us up or, or is it only certain people? I know that that's a common belief that I used to think. I used to look at people and think, oh, well, good for them, <laughs> you know, but people like your husband, people like you and, and I, like, do you feel like it's only only some of us that are meant to do this or to, or do you feel like, again, your pain has become your purpose to help ignite that in other people?
1: I definitely think that my pain has become my purpose to help ignite that in other people. The way I see it, and this is obviously just my view, is that the world is like a puzzle and everyone is a puzzle piece within it. And so if we're all in total alignment, doing our purpose, what we love to do, what lights us up, Then, if everyone was doing that, we'd all fit together as pieces of the puzzle because people are so interestingly unique. Not everyone wants to be a spiritual teacher, which I think is crazy because it's so much fun. (laughs) But people have different passions, different talents, different abilities, different gifts. And so, I think that if we're all doing those, then we would have enough. Everyone would be doing their right thing. And so I definitely do believe it's possible for us all to be in alignment. And just going back to the masculine and feminine you talked about, Um, I'm sure your audience already know this, but just in case anyone's listening and thinking it's to do with gender, it's not. We all have masculine and feminine. It's just the Western name for yin and yang. We have those two energy channels within us. But the reason as women we go into the masculine is because this is what our culture is. The Western culture, England, America, places like that, they value the masculine. The culture is in toxic masculine That's why I thought I can do anything. And you said those words as well, which is a really positive, empowering belief to have. But it's also a very masculine belief because it's saying that you can push through anything and you're not going to pay attention to how it feels for you. Right. And you're not going to pay attention to any warning signs, any signals, your intuition. You're just going to fully use your force. And there's a time for that. Yeah. But there's also a time for flow. And your flow, your feminine, is your guidance system. That's your intuition. So that's going to point you in the direction. And then you use your masculine To get there, to take the action steps. So, we need to allow for the feminine because that's going to make sure we're going in the right direction. If we're only using the masculine, we're going to be pushing forward in some direction that may not even be right for us. So, we can use that masculine force, but we need our feminine, we need our intuition, we need to understand that part of ourselves that is so delicate so quiet it comes through differently for other people for different people like for me I get I'm very clairsentient so I get a lot of goosebumps feelings gut feelings a bad feeling a good feeling I feel lit up which is a very visceral tangible feeling like Zhooo. that's mm-hmm. what it feels when I'm lit up by something like ah so exciting mm-hmm. and it's a, a physical feeling so that is the feminine, that is intuition, and that's what we need to be paying attention to rather than being completely in our head, push, 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 this makes sense, this is logical, so I'm gonna go that way and not paying attention any attention at all to the feelings, which is the feminine piece. Exactly,
0: yes, I love it. Um, it's a completely foreign way of, of of living life if you've been raised in the masculine culture, which is very much, and I think that's what makes it so intimidating and scary. However, it's it's really, um, like you said, it, it doesn't mean that you have to become a spiritual coach or an entrepreneur, but I really think it's just giving yourself the permission and the validation that you play a valuable important role in this world. And that's so much of like what I I feel is part of my work is just again, empowering and activating that, that within other people that we all play a part. And just again, I know you do a lot of work with generational um, in your work and your programs, you bring up, you talk about generational wounds, you talk about generational trauma, which I do as well. But it's that ripple effect. It's just that energy connects us all that it transcends time and space and that the choices and the way that we live our life really does impact other people. And it really does impact the people around us. Just like you mentioned with the story about your family and your boundaries, that is simply, you know, that, that feels like friction. That feels like it's a, it's a wall, but actually it's an opportunity. And it's really just, again, like, I feel like such a empowering shift, um, when you can really give yourself the permission to start living your life more in tune with your intuition and trust that it's leading you exactly where you're meant to, meant to go. And what perhaps even you're meant to, um, pursue, for the greater good and like i know this is the other thing is like not other people not everyone wants to not everyone's going to resonate with that calling to like serve the world but our family you know the people we love the people that we really care about it's really even getting down to the nitty-gritty of just that of recognizing that we all play a role in that so for people that are feeling this nudge feeling this pull that they're they're recognizing that they're just feeling really stuck. They're They're sick of feeling off. They're sick of, they know that this isn't what they're meant to be doing, or perhaps maybe they're in a situation or a place in their life that this just isn't what they truly want. How would you guide them or what's the best advice that you could give, would give them maybe in hindsight, if you could go back and tell yourself, well, what's the uh, the first thing that you would do to try and kind of reconnect them back with their intuition? This is such a good question.
1: So the first thing I would say is that you need to be really honest with yourself because I believe that people do truly know what's right for them, but it's easier to ignore it. And we're not used to paying attention to it. So the first thing I would say is that you have to start being really honest even when it's uncomfortable even when it doesn't make sense even when it means dismantling the entire life that you have already created for yourself and spent years creating for yourself you need to be really honest then I would say this is particularly relating to career what is it that you love to do Like, what do you enjoy? And not just what do you enjoy, but what could you do every day forever? And there's probably a purpose piece. And it doesn't have to be that you have to be a nurse or a coach or anything like that. I actually had a one-to-one call with a lady who owns a shop, a clothing shop. And when we went in, she said her purpose when she was like kind of speaking from her soul and she said her purpose was to match things together. So to put together incredible outfits that -hmm. make women feel amazing. So whatever that purpose is for you, there's going to be something that lights you up and will always light you up, whatever Mm -hmm. that is. So just paying attention to not only what do you enjoy, because I enjoyed clothes and I enjoyed fashion, but there was no purpose piece in it for me I actually love writing and teaching and speaking that's what lights me up Mm -hmm. so that's particularly with regards to the career and then the third thing I would say is that you need to create some time to spend on your own because it's so hard to get clarity when you're always busy and you're always surrounded by other people so when I was working I had no time on my own. Mm -hmm. Every weekend I was going somewhere. We had visitors. And then I was working all day and getting home at 9.30 p.m. So I was like, right, how am I going to create any space? And what I did was I turned off the radio. When I was driving to and from work, it was 45 minutes each way. And so instead of listening to the radio, I just turned it off. And so I just sat in silence. And that is how I was able to have some time to myself to think to reflect to get clear in my head to tune in it could be going for a walk with the dog if you have a dog it could be going swimming in the morning however you can get some time on your own to just sit with yourself and be with yourself and think and feel and be honest with yourself that is the only way you're really going to get the space to understand what it is you need to do next because if there is always noise and inputs and voices and everything going on around you you're just never gonna get that clarity. And there's a line in my book, which I love, and it says that sometimes you come back from holiday and realize that your partner's not the right one, your hometown needs to change and all this (laughs) stuff, because that's what happens. You go on holiday and then you realize, oh, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And it's because you've had that space, that clarity, that alone time, and you haven't been busy, Being really busy can be really distracting and you don't even realize it. And that can really keep people out of tune. So any way that you can get that quiet time to yourself and just unplug the inputs that are always coming Mm -hmm. into your eyes, your ears, all the stresses, if you can just find any pockets of time to just reflect, then that in itself is going to help you to get some clarity on what it is you enjoy, what you really want, what you value, and what it is that you want to do next.
0: Mm, yeah, it's like slow, slow down to speed up, you know, because it's like when you can slow down and surrender and like give yourself that space. But like you even said, it's like you didn't have the actual um, physical time to be alone, but in your car. like what that's something everyone can resonate with. And I definitely resonate with that. I actually, similarly, when I was working full-time nursing, that's how I made time for personal development. I I had a, a very short commute, actually, but it was 10, 15 minutes and 10, 15 minutes that I would, you know, listen to a book or something on Audible that helped me, again, lean into this curiosity of something more, of what it is that I'm actually truly um, passionate about and just kind of start allowing breadcrumbs to come in, too, because I feel, too, like, That's something that um, we also don't, we we miss those breadcrumbs when we are so busy and our head is down and we're focused in the hustle and we're focused in that tasky energy of like, check, check, check. I need to get up, go to work, do this, do that. Um, And we really kind of miss the opportunities and, and all of that is still is there all the time. It's just whether or not we, are open to receive it and that's really again more of that feminine um flow of allowing things to come in because that was definitely something that was so continues to amaze me is just the more in tune i get the less the more crystal clear on my values and the more crystal clear on my purpose i become the more the more i see the more flows in the more like abundance I recognize, was always there. Um, so I, I love that advice and I, I just really appreciate you kind of making that so easy and digestible because it can really be just starting with being honest with yourself. And I know that that can be really scary and hard to do, but oh, Liz, um, Obviously, one of the other things that I would recommend to everyone that I feel like would be so helpful and just learning more about this and really even just with the guidance of asking those questions that can help you reconnect with your intuition, where can people buy your book, find your book, Living in Tune? How can they look you up, get to know you um, and work with you and all of the things?
1: Thank Thank you, you. Amy. Yeah. So it's called Living in Tune. It's published by Hay House. And it's 21 questions to activate your intuition and find your life purpose. So the joy of having a published book is it's available everywhere. So it's on Amazon. Um, it was in Target at one point. Barnes and Noble in the UK. It's in WH Smith and Waterstones. I think most people generally buy from Amazon, yeah. um, but so many people find it in shops in these obscure little places, like in Poland, in Norway, so on the coast cool. of Scotland, New Zealand, Australia. Like it's just everywhere. But if you Google "Living in Tune," you'll be able to find it wherever country you're in. My Instagram is at I am Liz Roberta. And uh, my website is LizRoberta.com. And if anyone wants a free angel card reading, you can go to LizRoberta.com forward slash reading and I will send you a free angel card reading. Oh my gosh,
0: that's amazing. Oh, Liz, this was so good. I feel like so many so many nuggets came through that I wasn't even intending to talk about. But you know, that's just, I just love it. I love chatting with you and I, you are so incredibly gifted and so inspiring. And I just thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you so much, Amy. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed today's message, do me a favor and hit that subscribe button and leave a rating and review. Every review, every rating, every subscribe, every good thing that you put out into this world i truly believe comes back to you tenfold and so i cannot thank you enough for helping me get my message out there and supporting me and this journey until next time my love